Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Coming up, we have more ball to talk about. We're going to talk a little NFL, some college, talk about the Boilermakers, and some high school football in this hour. Right now, though, a lot going on, as you know, on a busy Saturday night, and the man who's going to give you all of that information, the star of our show, it's Network Indiana's Josh Mullenix. Coach, always a pleasure to be here with you on a Saturday night in downtown Indianapolis. My name is Josh Mullenix. Five good minutes here to talk hoops, college football, everything, all the action from around the state this evening. We'll start with college basketball. You just heard Mark Minner, the voice of the Butler Bulldogs, uh, talk about their 89-42 win over the Citadel. Bulldogs shooting the lights out for the second straight game, 55% as a team, 17 of 31 from beyond the arc. Seamus Lukosius, 18 points, 9 rebounds, was Perfect 4-4 from the three-point line. Jaden Taylor, 18 points, 7 of 10 shooting. Eric Hunter Jr., the transfer from Purdue, 15 points, 6 assists, and 5 steals. Bulldogs take on Tennessee in the Bahamas at the Battle for Atlantis next week. Elsewhere around the state, Wabash beat Maryville from Tennessee, 84-74. DePaul beat Webster, 79-61. Hanover taking care of UW River Falls, 59-56. Marion, a 20-point victory over Taylor. Bethel beat St. Francis, 79-68. Indiana Tech, a 15-point victory over Lawrence Tech. And Morningside, they took care of Indiana Wesleyan, 85 to 61. The Pacers, 114-113 win over the Orlando Magic. Four in a row for the Blue and Gold. Tyrese Halliburton, 22 points and 14 assists, along with a couple steals and three blocks. Miles Turner, another double-double to his name this season. Blue and Gold through 15 games are 9-6 and and winners of eight of their last 10. In college football, Notre Dame beat Boston College 44-0, a shutout on senior day. Irish ran all over the Eagles, 281 yards on the ground. Three different players ran for four touchdowns. Benjamin Morrison on the defensive side of things, three interceptions. A monster year for the true freshman. Purdue beat Northwestern 17-9. Aiden O'Connell, 159 yards and two touchdowns. Charlie Jones and Payne Durham on the receiving end of those two scores. Indiana in double overtime, 39-31 win over Michigan State, bringing back the old brass platoon to Bloomington. I want you to, to listen to the emotion in Tom Allen's voice at in the locker room after the game, the first Hoosier win since September 17th. We're playing the toughest league in America. You better bring it every week. You better fight to the finish. For 60 minutes, every For 60 minutes, every If there's one thing you can count on, it's that Tom Allen's voice will be basically gone at the end of an Indiana football game. They were down 24-7 at halftime, and they scored 32 points in the second half and overtime. Sean Shivers, 115 yards on the ground and two touchdowns, led the way for an Indiana rushing attack that accrued 257 yards on the ground. Uh, They'll end their season with Purdue and Bloomington next week. Other college football action in Division Three: DePaul fell to Carnegie Mellon 45-14 in playoff action, the first round of the, the Division Three uh, championship playoff series. Division Two playoff action, UND fell to Pittsburgh State 35-0. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh State took the opening kickoff back 98 yards, and they would never look back. The Eagles... 
They're visiting town tomorrow, eight and one. And Jonathan Taylor, it's it's pretty simple. It's it's don't make this too big of a deal. Just stay consistent and make sure make the big things small. You know, they're a great team. They're coming in here to, to Lucas Oil, but we need to make the big things small. You know, and a great team comes in, similar to Kansas City. We need to make things small. Focus on us and what we do. Colts trying to win their second straight game and go 2-0 and in the Jeff Saturday era. They beat the Las Vegas Raiders last week. Plenty more to come in the final hour. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Josh Molinex. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Brendan King joins me. I love Brendan King. I think he's incredibly talented, and we're fortunate to have him as part of our network Brendan King, how are you tonight? Coach, what's going on? Hope you're having a great Saturday. You know what? This is a uh, this has been a fun show. I think all of the shows we do are fun. I particularly enjoy doing it, even uh, as long as I've done it. I still enjoy doing it, especially when I have guests like you. So you're Notre Dame Irish with an overwhelming win over Boston College today. Yeah, Coach, that was something. And getting to see pictures and videos out of South Bend, I mean, the frozen tundra, some snow. And, Coach, if there's one thing about about living in South Bend the last right. few years, uh, you know, it's very much like the Chicago suburbs where you're going to get some lake effect stuff. So uh, in South Bend, when it, when it snows, it really comes at you. And that's what we saw tonight. You know, I don't think I've seen snow on the Notre Dame turf for a long time. I remember when my dad was getting his master's. Uh, in, at Notre Dame, we went to a game against Washington before they really got good when they went to the college football playoff. Regardless, it was snowing that day, and we were like, man, we've never seen anything like this uh, at Notre Dame before. And, and, I mean, look, major snowstorm today. So credit Marcus Freeman's team. Uh, that's a dominating yeah. win. And, yeah. I, you know, Boston College, they were playing with a true freshman quarterback. Phil Jerkovich, who actually transferred away from Notre Dame, is the usual BCQB but he was dealing with a concussion as well as a knee injury. So we didn't see him. But, uh, look, you're playing the true freshman quarterback. Notre Dame's back in the top right, 20 now. Right. Arguably, hopefully, will be, uh, you know, hopefully at number 15, possibly, when the college football playoff rankings come out. So, look, again, Notre Dame, they kind of shot themselves in the foot with those early season losses. But wins against Clemson and now BC. You're going to play USC coming up here soon. Uh, the, the second half of this season really has been encouraging in Marcus Freeman's first year. You know, they have a chance to win nine ball games if they beat USC. And who would yeah. have thought that after weeks one, two, and three? No. Uh, look, uh, Coach, if there's one thing about South Bend, I-, I love the city. I love the people there. But they live and breathe Notre Dame football. Sure. And after that, after that Marshall loss, when you live and breathe <laughs> something, as much as, as much as South Bend loves Notre Dame football, uh, South Bend was not a very fun place to be when – when they lost to Marshall. I mean, heck, Coach, that was when the South End Cubs were going on their championship run. So we were kind of selling it as, look, you know, tough start for Notre Dame, but the South End Cubs are going to the championship series. And that's literally what we were trying to tell people. And we got great crowds, obviously, for that championship series. But now the turnaround for Marcus Freeman, I mean, they're doing the right thing. I think the defense is legit. As usual, the Notre Dame offensive line, no matter who the coach is, Notre Dame historically has had some tremendous lines. And look, you know, Drew Pine has really stepped up. There's no doubt about that. Uh, after yeah, Tyler Buckner went yeah. down early, uh, Pine has played some good football. So it's, it's encouraging. And look, everything that you do now, especially the USC game, look, if you win that game, you build something for next year, and hopefully you get back into the college football playoffs. 
Brendan King with us talking some Notre Dame football. Speaking of football, Colts taking on the Eagles tomorrow. Um, very important game for both teams. Eagles uh, lost their last time out. Colts mm-hmm. with a win, dramatic win, well chronicled, well documented win in Jeff Saturday's first uh, go round as a coach. Uh, mm-hmm. This will be a much different game because it's a very, very good Eagles team coming in to play the Colts. I can't wait to see the environment tomorrow, Coach, in Lucas Oil Stadium because remember, uh, Tariq Lennite was the last home game for the Colts when they lost to the Commanders. And that day, Jeff Saturday was ringing the Anvil pregame. He was pumping mm-hmm. up the crowd and doing the Anvil, which they saved for celebrities and alumni. Uh, fast forward three weeks, and Jeff Saturday is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> uh, that that storyline is incredible. Right. Uh, the, right. The environment tomorrow, I can't wait to see it. He's going to get such a great devotion. I just hope that doesn't kind of catch up with the Colts tomorrow. It's going to be emotional. People are going to love seeing Jeff Saturday on the sidelines, but it's a tough Eagles team that's coming in. Remember, A.J. Brown used to have to see him two times a year. Now it's one time a year. But Jalen Hurst and A.J. Brown, along with Miles Sanders, and it's a good backup running game, too, for the Eagles with Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. So uh, they have some major weapons, but if there's one thing that we've learned about the Colts over the last few weeks, it's that the defense is legit. Is it legit enough to to stop Jalen Hurts after a loss? We'll find out. He's Brendan King. You're going to catch him on the IHSAA Champions Network this weekend. He'll have the call on the 3A battle for the championship. Brendan, thanks so much. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Coach. Can't wait for Chittard in Lawrenceburg. That's going to be great. It'll be great. Thank you very much. Coming up, after the scoreboard update, Rob Blackman from the Purdue Radio Network will join us. We'll talk about the Boilers and their win over Northwestern. They've got a chance to win the West Division. A tremendous win for the Boilers. Not a pretty one, but a great one nonetheless. That's coming up after the scoreboard update with Josh Mullenix on Indiana Sports Talk. All right, Coach, the rest of the hour we'll go through the football scores, the basketball scores one more time. We'll get you set up for any action tomorrow around the state. We'll start with college basketball. Valpo beat Incarnate Word 68-64. to IUPUI took care of Franklin College 59-45. Ball State and Indiana South Bend, they went toe-to-toe today. Ball State winning 86-72. to Six different Cardinals in double figures. Jalen Sellers, 18 points and 14 rebounds. SMU beat Evansville 55-47. to The Purple Aces 1-3 on the season. Shot 28% in this one. They're 355th in offensive efficiency out of 363 teams in Division I college basketball. Butler beat the Citadel 89-42. The second straight game that the Bulldogs shoot the lights out. 17-31 from beyond the arc. Seamus Lukosius and Jaden Taylor leading the way with 18 points apiece. Eric Hunter Jr. had 15 points, 6 assists, and 5 steals. The Bulldogs are headed to spend Thanksgiving in the Bahamas, playing in the battle for Atlantis. They'll take on Tennessee next week to start that event. Elsewhere around the state, Wabash beat Maryville 
of Tennessee, 84 to 74. DePaul beat Webster, 79 to 61. Hanover College taking care of UW. River Falls, 59 to 56. Marion beat Taylor by 20. Bethel took care of St. Francis, 79 to 68. Indiana Tech, 75-60 over Lawrence Tech. And Morningside beat Indiana Wesleyan, 85 to 61. College football in 15 minutes. We'll get you set up for Sunday action for Network Indiana Sports. I'm Josh Molinex. Welcome back, everybody, to Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. How about the Boilers? Nine, 17 to 9 winners over Northwestern. They're still in the hunt for the West Division uh, lead. With me from the Purdue Radio Network, our good friend Rob Blackman. Rob, Boilers grind one out in some miserable weather. 17 9 win, a hard fought, well deserved win this afternoon. Yeah, grind it out. Probably a good phrase there uh, to use, Bob, but it certainly was not pretty. Uh, but uh, I suppose the folks at Michigan are saying the same thing, and TCU and all those teams <laughs> still found a way to win today. Uh, yeah, it wasn't pretty. But, you know, Purdue wasn't great, certainly offensively, just 299 yards of total offense. I do think the weather played a little bit right. of a factor. Um, but I also think Northwestern's defense also played a little bit of a factor in that, too. And the fact that Purdue lost its number one running back, Devin Mockaby, early in the game to injury and and also lost its starting center, Gus Hartwig, also that in that game because of injury. That, uh, that uh, kind of made things a little bit tougher on Purdue offensively. Lost a couple of your mainstays there. But mm-hmm. uh, what Purdue knew uh, coming into the day was you have to win to keep your hopes alive of winning the West Division. And Purdue won. So that at the end of the day, that's really all that matters for that Purdue football program. I think it addresses, look, that's their 10th win. It addresses the resiliency this team has. I mean, this is a tough-minded group of guys. And uh, we, we overuse the term uh, a lot, but let me do it anyway. Found another way to win. And so you're not able to air it out today. you gotta, you got to just dig in and, and try to do it uh, possession by possession. And they come away with a very important win. Well, nothing's certainly come easy for this group this year, and uh, even though they have had success. I mean, uh, outside of the Indiana State game, every victory for Purdue this season has been 10 points or less. So, I mean, it's right, right. literally uh, literally come down to, you know, the last possession or two of the game at every single one of the victories, and quite frankly, in two of the losses, the Syracuse and Penn State, it literally came down to the final possession of the game. So, if nothing else, the fans have certainly got their money's worth because they've had to stick around to the very end of the game to see how it was going to wind up. But, um, you know, I think if you're, if, if you're Jeff Brom, you're just happy that this group found a way to win, uh, especially you know, here you are in November and you still have a puncher's chance of being a division champ. I mean, what, what, a, what a great, uh, great storyline for this group. And uh, let's be really honest. You go back to that final Saturday in October when Purdue lost at Wisconsin, I think there are a lot of folks thinking, boy, uh, that, that may have been our, our chance to win the division, may have just gone down the drain, and, and that's not what happened. Purdue still has a chance here with one week remaining. So, again, wasn't pretty. You know, you do compliment the Purdue defense. Had two takeaways today, had an interception mm-hmm. and a fumble recovery. Uh, and, look, to be fair to Northwestern, they were they were down to their third-string quarterback because of injury. They had to play a walk-on at right. QB today. So. Uh, but, uh, look, uh, Purdue's been in that situation before, and no one felt sorry for the Boilermakers. So, uh, <laughs> Purdue wasn't feeling sorry for Northwestern today. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this, this, was, this game 
I don't know any other way to say it. It just was not aesthetically pleasing for either team. But the fact of the matter is one team had to win and, and produce happy. They were the team that came away with the victory. Yeah, and again, you know, we, we spend a lot of time talking about what they do offensively. And losing Maccabee is a big loss. But, you know, the, the mainstay, the staple, it seems like with this team, is they can lock in and play you defensively all over the field. Yeah, you know, there was that that little lull, especially in the secondary, uh, where that little three-game stretch, Nebraska, right. Wisconsin, Iowa, where Purdue was really laboring in the secondary. Outside of that little three-game kind of hiccup, if you will, Purdue has been pretty good defensively all season long in a lot of different ways. The fact that Purdue has a lot of depth on the D-line, uh, that, that's been very beneficial. We're finding that out late in the season. You know, Purdue played without uh, Branson Dean, one of its very best D-linemen today because of injury, but... Luckily for Purdue, they've been going about 10 deep all year on that D-line, so that's a lot of fresh bodies you can roll in and out of the game. Purdue was thin at linebacker today, again, because of injury, but had just enough guys that, you know, healthy enough to make some plays. So, yeah, that defense, I think, you know, here we are, Bob, one game left in the regular season. Right. I think if you're giving that if you're giving that defense a grade, you'd probably give it a B-plus for the season. Again, they had, they had a little three-game stretch there where they had a couple of hiccups mm-hmm. in the second year, but... For the most part, they've been pretty good this year. All right, who's up next week? The bucket game, Indiana. Oh, how did I forget the bucket game? Yikes, yikes. And as a Purdue fan, uh, look, here's the deal. Purdue has to win. Iowa has to lose. If Purdue wants to win the division, and Iowa plays on Friday against Nebraska. So by the time midnight is Friday, Purdue's going to know. That when we, let's just say when that game kicks off uh, in Bloomington, Purdue will already know its fate for the, for the most part. If you know, they'll know if they win, they're division champs. Uh, depending on what Iowa does Friday, so uh, that game could be really, really interesting come uh, Saturday afternoon in Bloomington. The bucket game up next for the Boilers today. They grind it out against Northwestern in a much needed win. Rob Blackman, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Okay, Bob, thank you. Thanks a lot, Rob. Rob Blackman from the uh, Purdue Radio Network. College football today, some uh, tournament action. Not good news for the University of Indianapolis. They lose uh, Pittsburgh State 35-0. Carnegie Mellon beats DePaul in the Division Three round, 45-14. In the NAIA, the news is better. Marion beats St. Xavier 41-7. Indiana Wesleyan 14-7 winners over Avila. And um, they advance to the second round of the NAIA National Tournament. Very impressive day for the NAIA schools. Uh, And um, next week, you know, we got the bucket game. We're just inching along. Uh, in college football, uh, Notre Dame will play, uh, play Southern Cal, um, hopefully getting uh, another W, improving their resume for a top-tier bowl game. And uh, that's college football, college basketball uh, beginning to uh, kick into high gear, so to speak, out of uh, early season tournaments, baller be it uh, the Battle for Atlantis, and so that's all going on right now. Big matchup tomorrow. I think everyone understands the Colts taking on the Eagles. 
We heard our conversation earlier with Matt Taylor. It's an Eagles team that has started off awfully well. Their first loss was last week. It's that whole mentality. I never wanted to play a team that was coming off a loss. Uh, Just something about it. And um, so you have that dynamic at work tomorrow at Lucas Oil Stadium. Colts looking to build on their win over a hapless Raider team. Uh, the, uh, the caliber of competition will increase dramatically tomorrow. And they see uh, the progress that this group is making. And um, big keys, obviously, is you got to take care of the ball. you got to move the sticks. Um, just continue to rely on that ground game, uh, short passing attack, those kinds of things. Offensive line was impressive last week, not coincidentally. So was Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor. And so um, it's another way to gauge the progress of this Colts team. So like you, I'll be listening on many of these great stations around the state. It should be a lot of fun. get to hear Matt on the call of of that game. Uh, And um, coming up, our conversation with Paul Condry. We do this every Saturday night. We talk about high school football. Semi-states last night. We now know who's going to be playing for the championships on Friday and Saturday. And so Paul and I will talk about the games last night, look ahead at the matchups at Lucas Oil Stadium coming up this next weekend after Thanksgiving. So it's that time of year. It's a fun time. Uh, girls basketball still in full swing. Boys basketball getting started next week. Should be a whole lot of fun for all of us. So stay with us. When we come back after the scoreboard update, we'll talk with Paul Condry on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. My name is Josh Mullinex. This is an Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update. College football scores from the day. Let's get into it. You just heard some from Coach a moment ago. We'll go through all of them real quick here. If we have the time, Notre Dame beat Boston College 44 to nothing, 281 yards on the ground, four touchdowns from three different players, three interceptions for Benjamin Morrison at cornerback. Purdue beat Northwestern 17-9 to keep their Big Ten West title hopes alive. Aiden O'Connell on senior day, two touchdowns, one to Charlie Jones, one to Payne Durham. Indiana, 39-31 in double overtime over Michigan State. Uh, Tom Allen might be the happiest man in the state this evening. The old brass platoon coming back to Bloomington. First win for the Hoosiers since September 17th. They were down 24-7 at halftime, scored 32 points in the second half. And overtime, overtime, Sean Shivers, 115 yards on the ground and two touchdowns, 257 yards total on the ground for IU. Next week, Indiana welcomes Purdue to Bloomington. The Boilermakers, like I said, trying to capture a Big Ten West title. Part of that will be taking care of business at Memorial Stadium against the Hoosiers. Notre Dame headed to USC after losing their first two. The Irish won eight of their last nine games. And Ball State, the Cardinals, head to Miami of Ohio to play the Red Hawks with bowl eligibility on the line. Both teams are 5-6 and six and need one more win to reach a bowl game. I will set you up for your Sunday afternoon of sports in 15 minutes. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Josh Mullinex. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. The field is set 
for next weekend's IHSAA football championships presented by the Indianapolis Colts. It was a glorious night last night with us to talk about it. The founder of the Regional Radio Sports Network and the publisher of the Indiana Football Digest, member of the Indiana Football Hall of Fame, Indiana Sports Writers and Sports Casters Hall of Fame. And if there was a Hall of Fame for a good person, He'd be a first-round ballot. He'd be uh, um, uncontested. So our good friend, Paul Condry. Hello, Paul. Great to be with you, Coach. As always, it's one of the best nights of the year. We're going to be leading up to the state finals uh, at the Lucas Oil next, uh, next weekend, and I'm pretty stoked. I'm looking forward to uh, being a part of uh, what I think is going to be a grand event, the 50th IHSAA State Football Tournament Series. We had a great night last night. It's pretty cold across the Hoosier State, and for those yeah, people who, yeah, who who bundled up uh, and uh, kind of gutted it out, good for you. And I'm so proud of you all for uh, supporting those great high school kids who uh, entertained many of us last night. Uh, you know, right to the to the final minute and and then beyond, if you will. Well, you know, let's go and talk about surprises and games, if you don't mind. I mean, frankly, when you get to this level, uh, th- there aren't really any surprises. We had a couple of overtime games along the way, and uh, a couple of teams kind of showed why they're, and we've talked about them as possible champions throughout the way. But in 6A, uh, Carroll beating a previously unbeaten Hamilton Southeastern teams 21-15, and Center Grove manhandling, if you will, uh, Cathedral thirty-three to ten last night. Well, I think what was impressive about the Center Grove win is not only did they erase a ten-point first-quarter deficit, but they took care of the business at hand, holding the Irish one of nine on third-down conversions. So you think about that, and of course they had great uh, uh, they had a great job of running the football, Micah. Uh, Quell, the running back, 32 rushes for 217 yards, which really came down to be the theme of the night when you look at the teams that had success. It was a terrible night for teams that wanted mm-hmm. to throw the football, and I think that was one of the big issues. If you look at the teams that advanced to the state tournament series, and I, case in point, Chittard over West Lafayette, Chittard, who runs the football with great proficiency, was able to do that. You look at uh, Andren, they got uh, 358 yards from Notre Dame recruit right, Bowen right. on 35 rushes. And then right. you look at Valparaiso yep. under uh, Travis Davis, the kid who came back from a broken leg, 43 rushes for 272 yards. But those type of things uh, really kind of you know rise to the occasion when you have these cold-weather games. And I think that's one of the things that we saw last night in several of those games. I looked at the Whiteland stats. I got those from Darren earlier today, and I looked up and down all the stats from everybody, and the teams that ran the ball well last night in cold weather uh, were able to advance, and now they're going to be able to throw it all over the yard on Friday and Saturday because we don't have to worry about some of that stuff, and they can open up the playbook a little bit, be a little bit more uh, exciting, I think, when it's all said and done. Well, you mentioned Valpo. Valpo beating Snyder in 5A, 22-21 in overtime. And, and literally, roll the dice and go for two and win the championships, how it plays out. You know, this is really a unique game, and I've followed Valpo a lot this year. This will be, I think, maybe my sixth or seventh game of covering them. And uh, this may be uh, one of the, the best coaching jobs in Northwest Indiana in some time. Bill Marshall, his team left dead in the water after consecutive losses to Crown Point and Maryville in the middle of the year. And, of course, they rallied. They got some healthy people back, including the aforementioned uh, Travis Davis, who's coming off a broken leg. 
And once they got him back in the lineup, they really did were able to do some possible things. They knocked up number five, Maryville, last week because of a, a great work by their offensive line. Their defense did what they needed to do. And then same situation last night. A very, very athletic uh uh, team from Fort Wayne Snyder. They took away all the options that make Fort Wayne Snyder really good. They weren't able to throw the football. They kept the ball away from their game uh, their game changers in special teams, and that's the reason they were able to advance. And just to be quite frank with you, a gutsy call by head coach Bill Marshall, but the, the most electric play of the night had to be on the fourth down and nine play in the overtime where uh, Clark, the quarterback, was able to scramble out of two uh, what looked like going to be uh, game-winning tackles for Fort Wayne Snyder, but somehow he was able to break free and score the touchdown. And then, of course, the ensuing two-point conversion was really the difference maker. But uh, that was a great game. And then you mentioned the uh, the other overtime game, that East central Ron Kiley game, and it really comes down yeah. to this yeah. for East Central. East Central, they got the ball in the red zone five times and scored four. Ron Colley got the ball in the red zone four times and only scored twice. So you've got to be efficient. You've got to be able to execute when the games are on the line, when you're given those golden opportunities. And you look at things like that, and I think that's the reason that those teams, you know, and and once again, you look at teams erasing, uh, you look at center, you know, Center Grove is the case in point. Center Grove and Cathedral duked it out in the regular season. Cathedral was able to take care of business. They flipped the card this time. Same situation. You look at this, and Valparaiso flipped the card earlier in the week, and East Central flipped the card on Ron Colley. So this is what we're going to have. The question is, will – Lutheran and Adams Central and Andrade and Evansville modern day. We have a repeat in 1A and 2A. And when right, it's all said, right. will those things, will they be able to flip the card? We'll have to wait till next weekend, Coach. Paul Condry with us talking about high school football. All right, Paul, uh, you mentioned uh, these these games. 5A, we have Valpo over Snyder. Whiteland, you mentioned earlier, running the ball has been one of their hallmarks, and they did it very well in their 21-7 win over Castle. Uh, New Prairie, a team uh, up in the northern part of the state a lot of people don't know about. They have had a tremendous year, took care of a great Kokomo team. What a, what a game, 10-9 the final in this one. Yeah, scoring 10 points in the last few minutes uh, to be able to secure a win over uh, Austin Colby's team. And I could give Casey McKim a lot of credit. He he cut his teeth at Valparaiso uh, over there, and I think he did a really good job of learning and brought the same type of enthusiasm and uh, youthful glee, if you will, to that football program. And they just run the ball with great precision. They got uh, some solid defensive guys in that group, and they were able to do what all they needed to do to win the football game. And that will be a, an interesting game because you got two teams be, uh, that are going to want to run the football in New Prairie mm-hmm. and East Central. East Central, I really believe, is as a team. Jake Miners talked with him earlier today via email, and I know he's excited about his group and about his team's chances to, to win. And New Prairie, of course, boy, I tell you what, they played in a very, very competitive league. Their lone loss this season was to Penn. Penn is always a formidable group to, to be able to, uh, to play against, but that should be a really, really neat matchup in that 4A final. Last night, uh, you mentioned it, uh, I mean, East Central and Ron Cowley, um, everyone knew it was going to be a great matchup, ends up in overtime, and these are two heavyweight teams, and you kind of expected it to be that way. And it was, and uh, 
Chris Strakowski sent me all the particulars on this game, and I went up and down the line and think, you know, what was the difference? But once again, I keep going back to, you know, the teams that run the football. Luke Hansen last night, 41 rushes, 204 yards. And those are the kind of games that you have to have. In the same situation, you look at the running back scenario for East Central. Josh Ringer, 34 rushes, 150 yards. And their other outstanding running back, Ryan Brotherton, had a good night, too, with 19 rushes for 73 yards. But, you know, these teams are going to be able to run the football. I'm excited about the state finals because outside uh, the the quarterback at uh, Evansville Modern Day, uh, we've got guys – we're going to have – this is going to be fast – uh, pace games. We're going to see teams that are going to depend upon offensive lines, and we're going to see guys run the football with great with great precision. I think this weekend, and I think it's going to be a great state finals because we got teams that want to run the football, and I think that's the neat thing about football is uh, when you can do so many different things. I was ex- so excited for uh, Eric Moore. I know he has had all kinds of health issues. Got cancer. He's in the fight of his life in that regard. And uh, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of Bill Peebles, two of my best friends in all football. I knew someone had to win, but tell you what, uh, for Eric Moore, uh, you know, it sure would be neat to, to see him if he's this, this is going to be his last year. Uh, I certainly would like to see him go out as a champion. Paul, hang on. We're going to come back and talk about the matchups. Paul Condry and I are talking about IHSAA football semi-states in the books from last night. Great matchups coming up uh, this weekend. We'll come back and talk about that after the school board update on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Up for Sunday action around the state. Eagles, Colts at 1 o'clock from Lucas Oil Stadium. Former Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni, the head coach in Philly, back in the building. But it won't be against Frank Reich, as we thought it would probably be. It'll be Jeff Saturday on the other sideline. Jonathan Taylor says, going into this game, big game against an 8-1 team. Hey, let's not make things too big. Just stay consistent and make sure, make the big things small. You know, they're a great team. They're coming in here to, to Lucas Oil. But we need to make the big things small. You know, a great team comes in, similar to Kansas City. We need to make things small, focus on us and what we do. One o'clock kick from Lucas Oil Stadium. In men's college basketball, number 12 Indiana versus Miami of Ohio from Gambridge Fieldhouse. That one is at 5.30. UND takes on Grand Valley State at 2 o'clock. If you're a big college basketball fan, Kentucky and Gonzaga is at 7.30 tomorrow night if you want to catch that one as well. In women's college hoops, number 12 Indiana. Yes, that is correct. Number 12 Indiana as well. They play Quinnipiac at 1 o'clock. And one of their last games against a mid-major opponent this season, uh, the the schedule gets uh, gets busy quick for uh, the women's team over at IU. Notre Dame women's basketball will take on Ball State at four o'clock. Busy Sunday tomorrow, and then next week it's it's state time, baby, uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium after Thanksgiving. Thank you for hanging out with us, uh, and for Network Indiana Sports. I'm Josh Mullinex. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Paul Condry rejoins us. All right, Paul, six great championship games, best weekend uh, in the sports calendar, and it's it's all happening this weekend at Lucas Oil Stadium. Take me through what's happening inside the building on Friday and Saturday. Now, this this year we're going to go things a little different than last year. We're going to go with Class 2A. Class 4A and 6A on Friday. 
And then we'll come back on Friday and go with 1A, 3A, and 5A. And, of course, uh, starting with the 2A uh, matchup, it's a repeat of last year's game won by Andran. Uh, Andran, we matched up against Evansville Modern Day. And then, of course, uh, in that uh, 4A game, you, the aforementioned we talked about in the last segment, uh, we have New Prairie's going to be uh, running the football against East Central. And then, of course, 6A is going to be a matchup. And for Carroll High School in Fort Wayne, first of all, they, they won the school's first regional. Now they've won the school's first semi-state. So they're playing in the state championship game against a team that has steamrolled to two consecutive uh, 6A titles, <laughs> trying to make it three in a row. I want right. to say to Doug Dine, and I know they're playing with a lot of emotion, playing for their quarterback, number 13, who, uh, who passed away this past summer. And I know there's a lot at stake there in the, in the fort for them, but this is a Center Grove team that is uh, is absolutely ready to go. And then in, in 1A, the first game on Saturday, Adam Central's matched up against Lutheran. Lutheran hasn't lost a mm-hmm. game since uh, uh, I think we had a different president, I think, at the last time that happened. <laughs> in Class 3A, we have Chittard and Chittard. My goodness, what a role for them. They, their losses to Roncalli, Cathedral, Cincinnati Elder, who I, who I might point out, is 10-3, and and Clinton uh, and Christian Brothers in Missouri, a team in 6A in that tournament that's still alive, that's playing for a state championship. Robbie Doyle can coach him up. And his team is going to be matched up against Ryan Kinnegas, Lawrenceburg Tigers in that, uh, three, in, that, in that matchup. And then finally in the finale on Saturday, a good two good friends of mine, Darren Fisher's Whiteland Warriors, matched right. up against Bill Marshall's Valparaiso Vikings. That will be and conclude our our football for the 22 campaign. It's going to be a great uh, Friday-Saturday affair and looking forward to it very, very much. I can't believe we're actually going to play, <laughs> but, but yeah, yes, we are. But, Paul Condry, it's always great to talk to you. Now, earlier in the day, in addition to your work as a football expert, you did a little basketball with the Bethel College Pilots. Tell me about that matchup. Yeah, big win today for the Pilots. They improved to 6-1. and one. On the season, going over the fort to beat uh, uh, a really, really talented St. Francis team as uh, former Division One standout and former Penn great Drew Lutz, who's, who uh, spent three years playing for Carson Cunningham down at Incarnate Word. Uh, his uh, arrival on campus at Bethel has helped them uh, significantly. Chikara Tanaka, a kid who came in from IMG, a kid who grew up in China. Uh, they've got guys from all over the globe, Coach, and with this uh, international flair that Steve Draven has, his team's off to a, a solid start, and I think it's uh, it's going to be a good year for the Pilots. They're receiving votes in the most recent poll, and uh, when it's all said and done, uh, we'll find out how good they're going to be. Is they're going to be playing at uh, home against Mount Vernon Nazarene, always one of the toughest teams in the league. But Crossroads mm-hmm. League uh, flexing its muscles with three teams in the uh, in the top 25 of the poll, including Grace, Marion, Indiana Wesley, and the Pilots uh, on the outside. Uh, with some receiving votes. So it's going to be a good year in the Crossroads League. Looking forward to it greatly. He's Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and the Indiana Football Digest. Paul is the best friend everybody has in football in our state. Paul, it's great to talk to you. Have a good weekend. We'll talk next week. God bless you, Coach. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Paul. Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and the Indiana Football Digest. What a great weekend coming up. I always encourage people, this is a fantastic weekend. If you get a chance, come down, watch the games, enjoy the tree lighting. I mean, it's just, it's a fantastic weekend. 
Can't believe it's gotten here already. Final break, final thoughts. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Sign up today. Help lives in the future. Anyone can sign up. No age limits, no health restrictions to sign up to be an organ donor. Every 10 minutes, someone is added to the donor transplant waiting list. More than 1,000 Hoosiers waiting for a... Excuse me, waiting for a life-saving transplant. Signing up, you'll uh, uh, to be an organ and tissue donor. You can help save eight lives and heal seventy-five others. Their website, DrivenToSaveLives.org. Fun day of football. Fun day all around. Uh, good solid win. Congratulations to IU and their double time, uh, double overtime win uh, today over Michigan State. A very, very big win for them, without question. Also, uh, congratulations to uh, Purdue, grinding one out against Northwestern. Notre Dame overwhelming Boston College. Cool, too, to see Marion and um, Indiana Wesleyan advance in the NAIA National Tournaments. Congratulations to DePaul on a great year. Unfortunately, it ended uh, with the... 35 to 14 loss to Carnegie Mellon. Also, congratulations to the University of Indianapolis uh, in their Division II season, losing in the uh, first round of the tournament to Pittsburgh State, and um, just a uh, a tough loss for both teams, but a great year nonetheless. Got the Colts matched up with the Philadelphia Eagles tomorrow. We've talked about this ball game. Uh, it's pretty well chronicled. We're pretty well documented where we are. Uh, big win last week, taking on a much better team than the one you faced last week. So best of luck to them. It's a 1 o'clock start. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, if you're listening, listen to these great stations around the state that bring you this show. Listen to the ball game. If you're down there, enjoy it. Have some fun. Don't forget, we have the big weekend coming up this weekend. We'll have the uh, IHSAA state finals in football Friday, Saturday, uh, class 2, 4, and 6A on Friday, 1, 3, and 5 on Saturday. Should be a whole lot of fun. I mean, a whole lot of fun. Uh, And um, I can't believe we're through it. We have girls basketball continuing this week. Boys basketball, typical as we get ready for Thanksgiving. That's a week a lot of teams begin. So you're going to have a lot of options, a lot of things to do. I always encourage you to go out and support the student-athletes in your community. That $5 ticket is important to them uh, running their athletic program. So support them by being there and being good sports while you're there. So enjoy the game tomorrow. Thank you for joining us this weekend. Uh, It's been an awful lot of fun. We've had a really, really good time. There's some great college basketball games going on this week, so if you get a chance, take a look at them. My thanks to Josh Mullenix and Brad Huber. Great job, as always. Thanks to our great stations around the state that bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night. Thanks to all of you for making us the most listened-to sports talk show in our state's history. It is the uh, legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.